Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Chris. I'm Scott. I'm Clifton. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. Today's episode is brought to you by Westminster Effects. Name and claim your tone. Uh, one of the pedals that we don't really mention that often that I've been very interested in is, I'm not even sure how you pronounce this, but it's their SDD 3000 preamp pedal. Is that the Zwingli? Yes, that is how you pronounce it. Learn your theologians, Chris. Come on. <laughs> uh yeah they make a lot of cool stuff so you've got this you can throw this in front of their uh geneva preamp pedal which has a direct out so you can run direct and you can get all of the nice edgy tone that you would like so go check them out at westminstereffects.com all right and let's go ahead and jump into what new and we can let's start with our guest clifton do you have anything new recently do, do i have anything new no i've been on a kind of gear um I, I probably haven't gotten anything new since this summer so but i have been um what i have been doing is i've been trying to kind of dig into my playing a little bit more and one of the things that i've been toying around with is a lap steel uh, little setup that i made and um so yeah i got this nut extender that you can get that's like 10 bucks and you can put it um, on any guitar and i've got this old acoustic that i wasn't using and basically um i've, I've thrown it i went and got you know the appropriate strings which is like a lot thicker gauge and popped it in a open G tuning and just been trying to learn my way around, you know, playing and open tunings. And it's been fun. Um, there's, there's limitations, but there's also a lot of possibilities. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of what I've, I've been monkeying around with lately. Okay. Well, as usual, I don't have anything, so you're just going to skip me and jump on to Scott. Oh, I don't lie, Chris. You're you're seriously considering a major purchase. <sighs> Which major purchase am I seriously considering? I, I think um, a Jim Adkins Telecaster revamp. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I can go ahead and, like, mention about that. Uh, I've been, like, I don't know. So the Jim Atkins that I got has all chrome hardware, and for some reason I'm just, like, I've always hated gold, but for some reason I just keep picturing, like, a Les Paul custom in my head, so it's like, do I throw all of this gold hardware onto a white fender and make a copy? So... That's gonna not gonna be cheap because I have to buy a Bigsby too, on top of the regular hardware. So. Could you do a Vibramate with that? Yeah, model? I did. So okay. thankfully, I would not have to buy another Vibramate, and I'd probably just stick the Chrome Bigsby on my other Telecaster that I have huh. and just call it a day. That could work. Yeah, it surprisingly worked pretty well. I was always like skeptical especially once i was holding one in my hands i'm like there's no way this is gonna like stay flush enough against the guitar body to actually you know not feel like 
it's moving when you pull on the tremolo, but mm -hmm. it stays pretty well. So nice. highly impressed. Nice. Well, my newest toy is um, I just got a Teenage Engineering OP1 synthesizer, Ooh. which it's the big boy one that they have, right? Uh, I mean, big boy by like it's 12 inches by four inches, but <laughs> exactly like, but it's so, <laughs> but by teenage engineering standards, that's big. Uh, yeah, yeah, I bought this broken and, um, where the battery swelled up to like four times its size and was like bending the circuit board and stuff like that. So Oof. I just opened it up, removed the battery, fixed some things. Um, so it's, it's not fully working right now cause I need to put a new battery in which should show up from China in the next 17 to 4,000 business days. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, and w when removing the old battery, I removed the battery clip. Like, it just it just ripped right off the board. Um, whereas normally, you know, you can sometimes, like, wedge that connector out of it. So right. I'm probably going to have to kind of jimmy rig something, you know, with soldering something in there. But, like, there's room. So how much did you pay for this if it was broken? Because I know those run like what eight hundred or more. Yeah, I paid six fifty for this. It's bad. And the new battery is going to be twenty bucks. Oh wow! But okay. I was worried I'd have to put a new keyboard on it too, which would have been another hundred twenty bucks. And at this point, um, yeah, it, uh, the keyboard's fully working, so that's the good news. Um, I had a few scares with that with like bad connectors and stuff like that but after like thorough cleaning and stuff i got it all working um the only problem is just without a battery it's just not super stable because like sometimes it just needs a battery to kind of stabilize its power draw really so sometimes it will just shut itself off when i'm doing something too intense and then it will like corrupt itself so yeah once i have a proper battery in there it'll be fine huh yeah uh, that's my newest toy i also got a volume pedal but no one cares about that <laughs> I was gonna say I think the only thing I never talked about from a couple of weeks ago is an expression pedal from EHX, which oh you got surprisingly that one? good yeah so it was like surprisingly good for thirty ish dollars so I was considering yeah. that and I got the Dunlop Mini volume which I'm going to use as an expression pedal um hmm. just it it'll fit my Kemper bag so that's why I wanted to get that one. Nice. then it can just work with my Kemper foot switch and just be a, I now have expression pedal with my Kemper and nice. uh, whoever takes a drink every time I say Kemper, sorry. <laughs> Hopefully you're not doing hard liquor. While you're doing <laughs> I think that's everybody. But if you are it? Kemper, 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 <laughs> Kemper, 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 Helix, Helix, anyway. Kemper, Kemper. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, we're now both in the, like the modeling camps now because you got the Helix. I've got the uh, or sorry, you have the Kemper. I have the the Helix Stomp. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, like re the the crazy thing is to think about how all of us have gone to a modeling rig now because I mean even even Diaz is on the Iridium. Not proper modeling, it's, but I mean that's a, a that's yeah, a proper still substitute. Close enough. Yeah, yeah. and. Like when you think about it, how we all were on amps at one point or another. Yeah. And I think the only time I'm probably going to get an amp is whenever I get a, not a one bedroom apartment or house and can actually like have a nice little music studio to yeah. have things in. I still need to profile my amps. 
<laughs> I haven't gotten around to it. Ah, you know, because, you know, I, I'm just never home anymore, you know? It's just, I'm always on the go, you know? Just You know, I've been thinking a lot more about that, of, like, how much <laughs> less time I feel like I have working from home because you're not actually commuting, so you're like... Like, I actually have to get out and consciously do these errands. And it's like, eh, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just, it, we just all have to kind of acknowledge that there's some things in life we're just not going to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, oh, if I, you know, if I wasn't so busy working, but I mean, the other reality mm -hmm. is just simply like work just takes more energy than it used to. So there's just limited yeah. to what I can do right now. Anyway, with that, shall so, we dive I, into some news? Yeah, and I think we're going to start with this one that kind of reminds me of the horse statue that's out in front of Denver International Airport. What's the name? <laughs> that demon I horse it's with haunted red eyes. Yes. <laughs> so this is the Haunted Labs Dirty Haggard Audio uh, teamed up to build the hell horse and it is a fuzz and delay combo and if you have actually been through denver or know exactly what i'm talking about you already know what the artwork on this looks like it's literally the wild mustang with glowing eyes <laughs> yeah i did not make that connection until you said it now that's all i can see you're welcome because that's all i saw as soon as i opened this up i'm like that looks exactly like that and that's what people i think they even call it that here is like either the hell horse or like haunted something and because like people say that the airport is cursed in some way there's so, so much weird imagery in that airport there there is I, mean, yeah. I haven't been in it yet but from what i've heard i did a layover there one time and I did not see the horse, so I'm lost on that. But that was the weirdest vibe I've ever gotten out out of an airport. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 demon horse is on the drive-in. Okay. So first thing you do is you get off the airplane and the, you get blinded by the sun, and you realize how just bright it always is in Denver. And then yep. you see the demon horse on the way out. It's it's like the third thing you see <laughs> it's like welcome to denver here's a creepy horse that killed its builder that's right <laughs> so well, little fun facts anyway so we're getting distracted from the main point of this uh i think okay so what's the biggest draw that you guys have taken away from this because you can throw out chip names all you want like what i'm seeing but it's still a pretty cool like fuzz and delay from what i can tell yeah i just don't get why you want a fuzz and a delay in the same in the same circuit and why you need that yeah i feel like i'd rather have like, it seems like a stone, like a good stoner rock kind of pedal yeah because i mean it's a yeah. it, it's a bit crusher kind of a delay like it you, you it's not a clean delay sound right oh yeah yeah it um it kind of reminds me of something maybe like Fuzz Rocious might would have come out with. I can see that. But, I, I can yeah. see that sound being a thing. I mean, yeah. that's that's that kind of market. And actually, frankly, with a less crazy background, I could see the artwork too being a Fuzz Rocious <laughs> Yeah, thing. I think so. Part of me like wants this just because it's like, okay, it's now like reminds me of my home city. I kind of have to have it, but. Yeah, do you, do you find it weird that you can't turn off the delay? 
Like it's not two uh, separate foot switches? Yes and no. It's got the delay mix. Yeah. yeah, you could like throw a uh, what is it with the wingman little toe switch on there and mix it in that way. But yeah, I don't know. I, I've thought about like if I ever made a custom pedal with somebody, it would potentially be like a drive and delay or like a boost and delay mixed in, you know, kind of give you that uh, guitar hero star power thing. <laughs> You just need to put you it in your guitar, that? so when you when you point the neck up, <laughs> it turns on. It just activates like yeah. a. I'm sure you could probably do that because isn't that how like a the B and G benders work? Is like you like pull on your guitar, like from a strap. Like, yeah, that would be I mean, a, that, that, that would be an interesting activation. That's a very method. elaborate way to do it. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> so uh, if any builders want to work with me on that, I can find a cheap squire body and send it to you. And <laughs> We'll have some fun. <laughs> All right. So, so $220 direct from Haunt, Haunted Labs. I believe on their website there is a coupon code for free shipping. Ooh. Um, that can help save. And for once, we're talking about a pedal that hasn't sold out. Yay, us. <laughs> Yay, us. We did it. We Speaking did. of things that are probably not sold out, you like that perfect Diaz uh, segue? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, I did it. Uh, Ground Control Audio announces the Noodle Tone Shaper, and I actually found this pretty interesting because it's a three-band EQ pedal, but each band is controlled by a foot switch. Like, you can individually turn on your mids, bass, and treble. Oh. Yeah. Well, I'm dumb. I and, thought this was just like, <laughs> I thought it was like a boost and an EQ and something else. Nope. I was like, why, why does this exist? Now I get why this exists. Yeah. I, I thought that was like, it's kind of a cool concept. It's not potentially my cup of tea, but it could be kind of fun, but it could be used in the way that you talk about. Cause you know, if you wanted to boost your bass to like with a fuzz, you could do that <laughs> yeah or i mean you could do this you could do the mosquito tone and then go back and then it could be a mid boost you know there's all sorts of different little things you could do in this then um now that you're saying all this i kind of want to try this <laughs> can we just talk about the artwork on this for a hot minute no that's the, that's uh, pretty cool it is very <laughs> cool ramen like, noodles so the girlfriend and I have been watching Sailor Moon, so we've been getting a little more into, like, the Japanese anime stuff. So, like, this is kind of actually speaking to me for once, whereas probably a year ago I would have been like, I don't get why there's Cup of Noodles on it. <laughs> Wait, you've never so, watched Sailor Moon? I have not, and she was apparently very surprised at that, too. Of all of I us that more... have like grown up watching anime, I would have expected you to be the one that would watch the most anime, nope. and it might have been me. Nope. I was a PBS kid and a Disney kid because that is what... I don't think my parents listened to this. So that is what the Bible Belt kid grew up watching, not any of this magic and anime stuff. Huh. I was not allowed to watch Harry Potter until like the third or fourth movie was out. <laughs> I read all the books already. Wow. Yeah. So this week on uh, 
how sheltered Chris was as a child. Huh. Yeah. Clifton, you big Sailor Moon guy? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't even know what you are talking. I mean, I've heard of it, but you know, it's lost on me. <laughs> now, I kind of wanted the topic of this episode to be to figure out how geeky of stuff Clifton watched as a kid. <laughs> oh, it's pretty vanilla. Um, if you want to go geeky, though, um, I grew up where like. What was the precursor to TV Land? I forgot. Uh, Nick at Night was doing like all those black, yeah, Nick at Night, all those. That's what like like, kind of what was what was on at my house was a bunch of those old black and white shows. Same basically here because like by the time like my parents got home from work, it was like turning on Mash, I Love Lucy reruns. I remember watching Hogan's Heroes and Happy Days. Yeah. Which my wife, like, she was into, like, all the, whatever all the, you know, everybody else in pop culture was into. So she knows all this stuff. And, like, all the time, it'll be, like, she'll say something about it. And I'll just, like, blank, I'll give this blank stare because I don't know what she's talking about. And she's yeah. like, come on. I, I can't believe. And that's like, yeah, I mean, I, I grew up completely different than you. Like, I grew up in this, you know, super, super conservative, like, um, you know, pastor's home. And yeah. so, like, we didn't watch stuff like that, so. Yeah, like, a lot of people I've been meeting lately, it's always been like, oh, you never watched, so, like, Sailor Moon or, like, Dragon Ball Z or Pokemon. I'm like, no. Like, even though I was a 90s kid, none of that stuff was <laughs> in my wheelhouse. Yeah. So... Speaking of wheelhouses, Jam Pedals uh, collaborates with a harmonic. Who? Who do they collaborate with? Nobody. Who? That pedal show. I'm confused. That pedal show. Okay. They collaborated with that pedal show to come out with a harmonic tremolo, so you can get all of that spinning, nice action on your guitar. I give that a five out of ten. I so mean, anyway, so uh, so first off. This is, is this the second or third collaboration that that pedal show has done? There was the DNM drive with Keeley. Okay. Oh, okay. I would say this is probably the third because I think I do remember a second pedal. Like we've done a second, like we've done one this year already. Okay. I'm just blanking on it because I know, I mean, Dan Steinhardt has his own company where he comes up with stuff. So there's like the wetter box and some of that kind of stuff with, that he does with the gig rig. But um, I'm trying to think of another collaboration. Anyway, I feel like he would have done something with Thorpey, but just because like he loves like Dan Steinhardt loves Thorpey stuff. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm blanking. I'm not seeing anything on their website. Yeah. Um, But yeah, harmonic tremolo has seemed like. It's become like one of the effects of the last couple of years that's really gotten popular. You saw the monument get a lot of attention. You've watched, I'm trying to think of a few other famous ones, but there's a number of players like Ariel Poson and those guys who have just kind of brought it back mm-hmm. into, into more common usage and seems to be the, the hit effect, which I mean, I, I use the mode on my Gravitas all the time to the point that I almost use it more than regular tremolo anymore. 
Hmm. Yeah, I was yeah. very. That's a really cool builder, though. The uh, the jam pedals. You know, it's. I it's... first found them. They they were at Nam the uh, first time I've run across them at Winter Nam last almost a year ago, and um, that's when I was with a you, really right? Cool booth, I think. No, it's the year after that, I believe. Okay, because they had a giant booth and, the year I went. Oh, okay. So that wasn't their first year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm wrong. But yeah, they, they were um, there, I think, back in like 2015, too. So okay. that's where I've discovered yeah. them. They're from Greece, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, that but, uh, has he actually cool had stuff. one of the coolest booths. Yeah, he had one of the mm-hmm. uh, one of the coolest, and he had the best sounding demo station out of any total. He had like a UA, I think Apollo or is that it? No, the Ox. Mm. He had the UA Ox um, as you know hooked up to every demo station, and it sounded like head over heels better than every other uh, you know headphone station. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, their artwork is awesome. It's a very consistent branding together. Um, mm-hmm. This pedal itself is really cool because it's uh, it's not that crazy expensive for a boutique builder. I'm just kind of looking at a few of the just all the things that are going on. So you have the tap tap tempo, um, and which is kind of normal, but. Um, Actually, no, it doesn't. It's not tap tempo, right? It's actually just a it's a toggle switch to instantly like double. I th- yeah, think yeah. that's what we said. So it's kind of a it's almost like a preset switch almost, but um it looks like it can do both amplitude tremolo and harmonic tremolo. So you get both the effects on one pedal, so that's a that's a good place to dip your toe in the water. Single size enclosure. It sounds fantastic. Um and it has an awesome little seal uh, on the front of it. So it is kind of on the expensive side. So it's going for 249 euro, uh, which is probably closer to 300 bucks. Um, Thereabouts. Yeah. They already did a batch through that pedal show store, uh, which sold out already. Uh, but they will be doing one on December 18th. They'll be doing another batch through Anderton's and their own store. So give them a look um so that possibly you can get on that and it looks like towards the end of january they'll do a third run so it won't be i mean there is that initial surge in demand but it looks like there'll be a few chances to get in on this which is a nice way to release a pedal like this Mm -hmm. definitely agree all right uh matt's oh matto matt overs Matovers. Matovers. Okay, so I said that right. Uh, they are revamping their pa- bad passenger fuzz with a Mark II version. So you're unfamiliar uh, with the original of this guy, right? Uh, I think I feel like I've seen it before, but I've never really like listened to it because fuzz isn't usually my thing. Okay, I... but it seems to get pretty uh like crushed and stuff when i did oh, listen yeah. to the demo of this one yeah you get that uh it's it's got a stoner rock sound 
if that if, you, if I were to describe it, that's kind of what I associate it with. Yeah. Which at a, at ninety nine bucks, it's really not bad. That's not bad at all. No, it's not bad. It's a single knob fuzz though. So I mean, it, there's always going to be someone who's like, oh, it doesn't have all the controls I want, but there is some Honestly. kind of toggle that does something though. Um, I'm trying to figure out what. In the game with your volume knob. It doesn't actually say <laughs> what it does. Oh, wait. From the one knob, a single toggle knob. You choose between brighter, more opened, and darker, more compressed. Yeah. So there is That's no actual fuzz control. The one knob just controls the volume, which Perfect. is, if you're going to have a single knob fuzz, that's what you want. Yeah, I kind of like that, especially as um, glitchy as this seems to get. I think that would be very fun. Mm-hmm. I... So. Crap, I might be buying one. <laughs> <laughs> That's well within that uh, range of your... What, what do you call it? The uh, My impulse spending impulse range? Buy? Yeah. Yep. I mean, bear in mind, my impulse spending buy just turned into like 650 bucks earlier this week, so... <laughs> um. But that's also because, like, I knew I could flip this OP one once I fix it. So, yeah, I'll um, give you uh, two hundred dollars for it. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> uh, no, considering they're going for like a thousand right now. Yep. I looked them up after you posted. I'm like, oh, maybe they've gone down in price. I pulled it up on Reverb and used. I'm like, mm, nope, nope. Not yet. <laughs> no, no. This is a repair it, get it back out the door kind of a situation. Mm -hmm. It was fun to play with them. Um, so yeah, 99 bucks, killer fuzz. You know what this actually reminds me of is the um, the orange fuzz we looked at about a year ago. That like I keep the one orange, the name like the brand put out? Yeah. yeah. I, want uh, to I see it, yeah. What is it called? The... I also like it, how it looks like it has a little uh, Pac-Man ghost at the top of it, if you guys notice that. Driver, getaway driver? Is that sound yeah, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're welcome for that visual. <laughs> All right. So moving on to Felix Martin launches he tapping focused FM guitars. And I don't know if this counts as a double neck or just a double wide neck, but this is what they come in versions of. 12, 14, and 16 strings for all of you that love to degent and tapity tap. Do you just call it degent? Baby Yoda would say. Yes, because there is a D. <laughs> I also call it the Dejimbe, so you're welcome <laughs> for triggering everybody on the podcast. <laughs> No, that's how I read it when I when I look yeah. That's always how I read it too. Is like, but when I'm actually talking to somebody, I'm like, I want to like sound like I actually know what I'm talking about, and not sound <laughs> like an idiot, even though I'm like, I'm just poking at the, how it's like written. Yeah, totally. So, all right. So we were getting into this. This is kind of like a Chapman stick kind of a guitar, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I could probably put it in that range. Or that area, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. This kind of play, like so. We're we're talking about this guy 
before we got into this and I started watching some of his YouTube and I was just like, I just, I just can't with this music. I, I, I know it's very technically proficient. I just can't. It does nothing for me. This is what I want to do with this guitar. I want to, um, I want to put the nut extender on it, put it on my lap, have a dual, <laughs> have a dual console, uh, lap still and on the end put like those um those bars you see where the tuning things are down there mm-hmm. and put the put like the pitch bend things on each little tab oh that would be fun now, that could be a fun guitar i mean now you're talking i mean <laughs> and that's also actually for, a pretty affordable uh, version of what you're trying to do too because those things are say, these uh expensive. start at twelve hundred dollars for a 12 string which we were kind of talking earlier for a artist-based thing because uh, like you said we kind of put this in the realm of chapman guitars like that's not bad for this type of thing well i, mean, I don't know you, how much these typically go for yeah i mean consider stuff. like you have like twice the hardware on this than a normal guitar does too mm-hmm. i just you know there's no way this is you know an easy guitar to make i do enjoy that they say we are located in los angeles california on their website which is a quirky way of saying it but it's also like there's no way these are made in the u.s oh yeah no for 1200 for this much guitar is how i picture it is is essentially two guitars so yeah i mean the 16 strings go up in uh, go up in price they're 1500 so are the bases the 12 string bases and stuff like that um uh, I I'm just yeah nope yeah you and I are both on the same page of like this is meh and then Clifton's like I have the perfect idea for this so if you actually <laughs> buy one uh let us know how this works for you oh I will not be buying one I promise <laughs> there's a there's a version here where it looks like this guy puts like a thumb guitar thumb like a thumb piano tines on it they're uh-huh. coming out of the neck it's just so weird looking okay that could actually be interesting but yeah also this website has some errors in it that aren't quite working quite right but anyway this episode's not brought to you by squarespace (laughs) like every other youtube video hey but uh squarespace if you do want to sponsor us i'm pretty sure our renewal for your competitor is coming up soon so just let you know but on that note uh do we have have squarespace swag didn't we get something at nam or is that um WordPress. I have WordPress that was, swag. That was WordPress. I think it was yeah. WordPress, yeah. Which I don't even think that's who we're using. I don't remember who I set up our hosting through, but yeah. You mean on the you website that we stuff. don't use? Yeah, for the website that I think just redirects you to the Podbean. Don't tell Diaz that uh, the, the thing we have him editing is just a Word file on his desktop. <laughs> <laughs> www.creedthoughts.gov yeah, something exactly blah 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 blah, blah. Said that. Uh, now I kind of want to actually like revamp our website and give Diaz a uh, locked down section <laughs> I don't want that liability Did, does, you what? I don't want that liability 
<laughs> in case it does leak. Uh, so speaking of leaking, um, Yamaha announces two Pacifica models for their 30th anniversary. And these actually look pretty cool because I don't think they have any colors or they're probably laminate tops, but they don't have anything oh, that looks like this, correct? Uh, I think they do. Um, so I mean the the thing with the thing with Yamaha Pacificas is that used to be the cheap guitar that everyone got for their first thing, and then they kind of revamped the mm -hmm. line. Yeah, that's what more. I always think of when I think of the Pacifica. Yeah, so now they have this mid-grade line of Pacificas, and that's where these fall into because these are all sitting around about a thousand bucks, and they're they're dropping like legit pickups in them. So they got like Seymour Duncan TP14 uh, and SSL1 single coils. So like, and they're using Tusk hardware, Grover tuners, Wilkinson Bridge. So they're they're a more premium product than they used to be. They're more like sort of that upgraded super strat kind of a feel, um, mm -hmm. which is, it, it, it's a cool departure. I mean, I remember, was it the Revstar range that we were just all nuts about when they, yes. they got announced? Um, Yamaha has been making good guitars. Um, and, but unfortunately they just, for at least our generation, I think they're just so cemented in the entry level that we just, for whatever reason, we, the brand does not carry up into the premium the way mm -hmm. it does in a lot of other instrument ranges. Like Yamaha drums are it, legitimate. Yeah, and I think um, the church I grew up in, like half of our pianos, including the main one in the sanctuary or the choir room, whatever, was always a Yamaha. Yamaha um, makes nice pianos. Yes. Yeah. I, I I get in trouble for saying that in my line of work because everyone's like, no, it has to be a Steinway. But yeah, um, I really like how Yamaha pianos sound, especially in a pop context. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I think it was Alicia Keys was on a uh, Yamaha piano for a while. Yep. Sounds fantastic. And some of their uh, older, like, 80s electric pianos are on par yeah. with, like, the Fender Rhodes and stuff. Like, like the CP100. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I actually want to get. If I can ever get a place I can actually keep one of those, I want to get a Yamaha versus a Rhodes at this point. So, I yeah, they've, they've been pretty good. And, yeah, I think it wasn't up until we all played one at Summer Nam one year that we actually, like, kind of fell in love with a Revstar and were like, okay, I might actually consider picking one of these up because, you know, it like you said it's cemented in us that it's like oh this is you find this at the pawn shop for mm -hmm. like 75 bucks so yeah my only thing with picking up a rev star is you realize how heavy it is when you do that and then you're like ooh, <laughs> maybe no so maybe not. that's that's the one thing i'm kind of like ooh, i wonder how heavy these are because like now that's what's cemented in my head pardon the pun um that they're just heavy that's that's what I have in my head. The same way, like um, Fernandez, I think those guitars are heavy yeah. too. Like it's just it's just something in my head that tells me that. Anyway, these look cool. Good colorways. They got a nice little teal coming out. They got this dark blue, a natural, and this flamed red. I think the flamed red actually looks best because it's got that like parchment guard and or like a cream. It's not cream. It's like this yellowed guard. Looks really good. Yeah. Together. 
I'm almost wondering if it's a uh, what is it like the copper alloy uh, pick card like style thing like Anodized? it's a metal pick card or not? Yeah, that. Uh, I don't think it is, but I don't know. But yeah, uh, colors are very cool. Uh, if you've been very curious, check these out. Uh, does it say the list price? Yeah, so just shy of uh, a little over $1,000 a piece, which isn't bad in my opinion. No, not at all. I think, so, aren't uh, these exclu are these exclusive to... Oh, the matte, the matte silk blue is exclusive to Sweetwater. The other ones are open to other Is retailers. that the darker blue color? Uh, I think so. I already, I already closed out the page. Yeah. But yeah, that one was actually really, really speaking to me. So, uh, it might be tempting. <laughs> yeah, check um, them out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of tempting-ish, uh, Novo, Novo, yeah. Novo reveals its 2021 lineup of guitars. And... They actually look pretty cool. Um, they've got something that's very similar uh, to. Of course, they a... look cool, Chris. They're they're Novos. I've never seen them before, so this is all new to me. <laughs> You've never seen any <laughs> Novos. We covered this Novo brand like me. three times. Have we? Okay, maybe nothing's spoken to me I, up until I own a Revolta, I'm seeing for this. Crying like... out loud! You you own one? I own their lesser brand. I own a Revolta. Oh. Uh. <laughs> okay, well, apparently Chris is still kind of sheltered and in the closet when it comes to things in the world. Oh, you so... heard it here. Chris is in the closet, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, they have some very cool, I don't even know how I would classify this. It's like a firebird, but it's also like the pointy uh, fender that came out. Was it this year or last year um, in their parallel universe line? Oh yeah, um, you're thinking of why am I blanking on it? The Meteora. Yeah, was that the one that you actually saw in person recently? Yeah, and I think it looks better yep. in person. <laughs> well, no, the one I sent you a photo of is the um, what is it called? The Maverick. I sent you a Maverick picture, oh, and I thought it looked. Oh yeah, that's the one that really I think looks horrible because they used the twelve-string yeah. headstock. So there's just all this empty space. But these are not janky. They. Well, I like that color on the one, the like that blue with the Tilly yeah. bridge. Mm -hmm. But it almost looks like a Formica countertop. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Yeah, so this is that's the new the new shape room called the Vol Volter. I think is what it's called. So it's mm -hmm. you know got Tilly appointments on this kind of offset body that's still a double cutaway kind of craziness um like most novos it's a pine body so you get a lot more green and they don't really seal it so you, you get the grain the show that's kind of their thing um fralin pickups and fralin and lawler pickups and it's a uh, 24 and three quarters inch scale instead of uh the, the longer style I think most Novos are shorter scale. Um, so the other model they got coming out this year is the Solus H2, um, which is a dual humbucker version of their Solus model. 
What is their Solus model normally as I'm getting on their website? It's a Telebridge or an M1 wraparound. Okay. Um, so this one's got a Tunematic stop tail bar um, setup, uh, which probably means there's could be room for a Bigsby in there. It might be a little tight. Um, but it's got the more traditional Novo kind of style control plate shape thing going yeah. on. Um, yeah, if you use a Vibramate, you could get in there. Yeah. So the other big news is we we talked about Novo a few weeks or months ago where they announced that they were going to go direct orders, which it seems like they're finally following up on that now that they're, they're changing the way the order process works where um, you can you can shorten the turnaround time because uh i forgot how long adams took i think it he, his took like six months or a year or something like that from start oh, to finish wow. um yeah because i mean novo's getting really popular and the backlog is building up and like stores are having backlogs and things like that um so now they're doing a two to three month turnaround um on some of these options by narrowing what choices you have so they're not as custom uh, so basically I think they're going to batch build some of these kind of things a little bit more to get them, get them out quicker, but all their standard line, including the Cirrus J, the Solus, um, and the Volter. So the Cirrus J is the more, most popular one and you got to put like 500 bucks down, but you don't have to wait two years to get your guitar, you know? Yeah. And, uh, actually have eight color options for the ones that are like for quicker, shipping which i feel like is a whole lot better than most places that might give you two or three like you can get like a sunburst or a white or black and oh yeah the fender model yeah <laughs> but these they what all, i'm thinking i think these are all the same as i've clicked through so you can get like a uh, bull i don't even know what bull black is but uh olympic white ice blue metallic harmony burst amber burst a 64 three-tone burst charcoal frost and ocean turquoise which i feel like those are very solid color options to have mm -hmm. yeah and i think they're still relicking them in this realm so like that that's the other kind of fun part about it uh, a novo is one it relics really well but two they do kind of rough it up for you a little bit um and break it in so yeah and not too much either like it's still good and i almost wonder if will would uh like these or not <laughs> well I, I, think... I wanted a cirrus j i mean it's like yeah that's the one that like caught my eye when i was scrolling through the website so yeah they're cool they're really cool but do i three thousand dollars want one right now uh <laughs> Oh, the three thousand dollars. Yeah, I don't know if it's that cool. It it is cool, but yeah, I I watch like Rhett Shaw's like YouTube channel and see him playing his Cirrus J all the time, and I get I'm jealous. I want one. But okay. Um, we didn't make a topic again. for blank. Yeah, I was like, let's give a pause to where we can cut and edit if we need to. How long have we been recording so far? Uh, not long enough. So, Clifton, what's new in your world, man? Man, uh, well, just trying to get ready for Christmas, uh, you know, here at the church. And um, 
you know, we're uh, kind of been a weird time in the worship world. Um, and, you know, we went from like doing this, a certain number of services a week to do like We're just doing like a Sunday morning double service with like, a, you know, the same team. And so it's been a little, it's been a little different year than we typically see. So just kind of adjusting those changes and, and kind of, um, hoping that we can get into, you know, moving forward again this next year. And uh, hopefully it won't be too long and things things will start to fall back into place. So, man, other than that, um, I picked up my electric uh, for the first time and I don't know how long and played on Saturday just at home. And that was kind of uh, refreshing to uh, revisit. You know, I had my first time I've turned on my Princeton in probably three or four months. And that was fun. Uh, I, I always forget how good the tremolo on that sounds. And uh, so anyways, yeah, just been uh, kind of chilling at home and uh, playing a lot of acoustic. Now, if you can remind me, uh, do you still have that cower? I do. Yes. Is that is that still your number one, or have you been well wandering? It's I keep that one at home. So if I play at home, that's what I play. I keep my telly at my office, and if I play here, which I don't really have an amp besides like a little cheap solid state practice amp here, um, so I don't really plug up and play too much here. But yeah, it just depends on where I'm at. I have a guitar, basically, you know between my house the office my mother-in-law's house down down the street you know it just depends on where i'm at what guitar i'm picking up and playing nice and chris you've been rebuilding your board haven't you have we talked about this at all chris is muted so i caught him while he's away from the mic and this episode (laughs) is just going so well (laughs) sorry (laughs) crying dog uh no he stopped crying and i was smelling something weird so i'm like oh my god what did this kid do but apparently nothing and now he's beating up the cat kitten actually you're so mean so what was uh what did i miss while i was away checking on the dog well (laughs) we were just kind of doing a what's kind of your gear check in these days i mean you mentioned uh i think you were posting photos the other day you just restarted your whole board build yeah, so um, how long has my board actually been apart? I th- I think it. I don't think I've had a complete board since 2018 ish, because um, I had to go through selling a lot, and I just never bothered, you know, putting it back together after having to pull random stuff off of it. So I grabbed my. Uh, old creation um so like the old school all wood one and uh grabbed all the pedals that i knew i wanted so i got my uh ts9 clone that uh is a prototype from a guitar builder um i think i had most everything else here but like that and my volume pedal and a couple of more of my reverbs were all still on my board and storage so I brought those, got it all plugged in. Uh, surprisingly, it worked the first time I plugged it in. I think I might have had to find a couple of bad cables, but I'm currently 
trying to figure out why whenever I engage my first four, maybe five petals um, that are all on a daisy chain, um, why I get a drop of in volume because like I'll engage one of my fuzzes and it just cuts to like half the volume. So I'm not sure if I have a bad cable or if I am actually underpowering them all because like what all is in that chain? I think I have three fuzzes and two drives and like one of the drives works perfectly fine, but then the other ones are all meh. <laughs> and they're all just analog so, drives on daisy chain? Yeah, so like I, I feel like I've done this before and it's worked fine. So I'm wondering, I don't know if I have like a bad instrument cable, patch cable in between mm -hmm. them because I swapped that out on one of, I think it was when my TS9, who's because that's the one I use a lot. I was like, okay, let me actually put this on its own thing. It still kind of did that. So I like wiggled a cable, it all came back and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I noticed every single one of my ones on the top did it. I'm like, am I just gonna have to go through and make new cables for all of these? Oh, so goodness. I might have, yeah. But it's only four pedals, I think. So it's really not that big of a deal. And I'm using George L's. So it's like it's uh, clipping a cable, sticking it in and tightening a screw. So it's really not that big of a deal. It's just more of the sitting there wondering, do I really want to go through this? <laughs> I keep having that with um, a few of my, uh, my patch cables too, where I'm just like, do I want to go through and put new ends on this or like mm -hmm. go through all this effort? Cause one, I do not want to undo my board. Because, as you well know, the the whatever crazy type of Velcro that John puts on creation boards <laughs> is, like, stronger than dual lock, I swear. Oh, it's... no, it really is, because I think I even have, um, so, like, my VP Junior mm -hmm. that I have on the board, it has some of the cheapest Velcro from uh, Home Depot that I could get, like, when I was... I've had this volume pedal forever. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember if this is the original. No, this is not the original one that I kind of quote unquote borrowed from one of my old churches. Um, but it's still pretty old and I, I have to like get a spatula or something. So like it, when it was stuck on my board in storage, I'm like, uh, I have no way of getting this off. So I'm just like sitting there pulling on it until it finally decides to give. Yeah, like but I've I've, I've never had Velcro off. off of the pedal before it gives <laughs> on the board. Yep, I think that's happened to me a couple. Actually, I think that happened to me as I was moving stuff around, like as if something's been I don't know, just in the heat too long in your car or something. Mm -hmm. Like that's what'll pull off first. Like it's not the so. I've actually visited John's shop a few times, so he's let me in on a little bit of the process and. Um, I don't know how trade secret this is, but he definitely uses a uh, adhesive for that Velcro pad that does not really break down, or at least the ones I used to have like don't break down. Like so. Oh, you're talking about they actually put the 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 loop side Velcro down on. The yeah, board. the loop yep. side, like that's pretty solid. He did give me a warning of like it, it's not like foolproof because he lives in his he's based out of Oklahoma. I live in the South where it gets super hot, and it's like mm -hmm. in this range, like it might. Or if you lived in like California, there. 
it's like it might actually peel off that the average person isn't going to have to like deal with it like <laughs> if their house gets too hot or something it's like don't you shouldn't be leaving things in your car anyway but yeah. well then you're not going to have that kind of issue with it whereas i feel like um the standard dual lock that you get from home depot or whatever to like put on to pedal train style stuff i've had that peel up even just from pulling pedals off of it yeah i mean the, so the biggest thing you gotta be careful of is stuff. like with your power supplies is one of the hardest spots like like that's why you watch like all the like the original pedal train stuff and all that it was all meant to be screwed mm -hmm. together because those those power supplies heat up so much that the glue starts to go yep every time and so like i've got multiple strips of dual lock on my power supply and it's it's pulled itself down under gravity once or twice if it's just sitting there for too long so yeah um i happens. don't think i've had that problem with uh the creation stuff because when i got my new uh it was like a pt pro size so the 32 by 16 mm -hmm. i got a i had him send me a second uh loop side so that way i could like trim it up and put it on the bottom and that thing has held up very well because That's it's awesome. had uh power supplies i think i've put a couple of pedals that were like always on i stuck them under there so it's had a whole lot of weight on it and even like if i had to go on a long drive and it was in the trunk and it got hot like it never had any issues and even with the power supplies heating up it never had any issues so that's good yeah yeah, the yeah. my biggest offender these days is um i never flip the back plate on my boss tuner so it's it's the velcro trying to stick to the rubber and it's always kind of mm. given a little bit that's that's the only problem child i have these days yeah, other than just uh... i'm having a series of patch cables go bad because as well made as this brand's cables are and they are legitimately well made because i'm not which is why i'm not going to say what brand they are because um, mm -hmm. i don't want to disparage their brand because it's a good brand um you can destroy them by twisting them the way their strain relief and stuff works really? um so over time you can just kind of you can you can start breaking them and they start becoming less reliable so as hmm. as nice as those very very small soldered connected plugs were are um i'm finding them a little too easy to break or after two or three revisions of my board i'm kind of noticing they're not holding up anymore which is kind of sad and yeah. also because i bought a bunch of diy ones and on top of yeah, and I can't do like warranty claims. I don't know which ones are good, which ones are bad. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I'm I'm probably just gonna be going back to like pancake plugs or something. Yeah, I'll, I've been trying bubbles. to figure out what I actually want to do for patch cables because it's like, do I just sit here and measure and figure out like what I need, or just make sure I order like four three foot <laughs> cables for the very long runs from the opposite end of the board that I typically do. Oh dude, you need to rethink your alignment. If you're doing I do, stuff like that. But uh, no. Uh, so the biggest run that I've always had on each of my boards that I've done is because I have my volume pedal wired up in the middle of everything. So I have like drive section, volume pedal, then everything else. Mm -hmm. But I like having all of my whether it's volume expression the whammy whatever um i like having that all of that in the bottom right because i'm right footed when i'm doing swells and stuff so that's just a good natural position for it for me oh. and 
like while I might only need maybe a foot long maybe to get from like my last drive to the volume pedal usually I have to get a like foot and a half two foot run for the volume pedal across everything to like not look janky and be nice and neat and mm-hmm. get to my first modulation pedal so you're not doing my thing where you put the you put the volume pedal smack dab in the middle of the board no i i did that for a while and i don't know it i i think it was i might have changed it up because it was starting to be like a trend in pnw to uh like start putting the volume pedal over there but i also liked having my drives going into the volume pedal so i was like well it looks a little better but you also have this long run that if something gets messed up you uh now have to like cut a bunch of zip ties to move that (laughs) cable and switch it Hmm. so uh i think this time i because I really didn't feel like making cables or buying more cable to replace what was already done. So I just kind of used what I had and I really didn't care about like what the bottom looked like, but it's not as bad as I was expecting it to be. So maybe one of these days I'll get creative and just do what uh, like some of these pedal board builders do and set it up all nice and neat with the zip ties and pretty runs. Well, I, so. I will say the zip ties do help keep it stable Mm -hmm. and i mean the other fun part to remember is zip ties are really really cheap so oh yeah if you need to like everyone's like oh what 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 if i have to cut one i'm like a zip tie costs five cents just cut yeah and start over i I think in my mind for that it's not even the fact of like oh my god do i have more zip ties or like i've got to replace it it's like i spent all the time to get this neat and like flat like the one time i actually did my board like semi good like that i was like i really don't want to cut this because everything is still nice and aligned and as soon as i break that it's all gonna go away (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i don't know don't do it if you're a guy who swaps out every part of his board all the time but like if you're pretty subtle that's that's when you zip tie and what you'll find is it'll kind of cement your feeling settled because then you're just like, ah, I just don't want to change it. I think uh, what I've done for that, I think this is another something that uh, some builder told me um, how they do it when they do pre-built stuff like that is like, give yourself a couple extra inches. So like, for example, for me, my top row of pedals um, has always been, no matter what board it's on, stuff that I'm not super attached to or I don't use that often to where it's like, okay, I'm not really using this pedal right now, but I want to squeeze this new thing on. And if I don't like it, I want to be able to pull it back. Mm-hmm. Is I've given myself a couple extra inches of lead on the power and whatever, just in case you know it's a side jack, double wide pedal, top jack, bottom jack, you know, whatever. I can still get to that. And this under the underboard still looks good so if you're like like that like that's something to consider is maybe doing that so you're not having to chop out zip ties every time yeah oh 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 i forgot i did that so on my most recent creation board that i got um when he i think it was like one of the first five or ten to get the elevation series Mm -hmm. um i actually had him put a 
I think I had like a input on the right and then a basically an effects loop on the board, like a send and receive. So that way, if I wanted to, I could have that for like testing out pedals or like put a wall if I didn't want it on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think that was probably one of the best things I've done for a custom board like that is like getting a basically an effects loop on the board that. You know, if I had thought about it a little bit better, I probably would have had a Daniel Shields uh, guitar. Was it? Was his full name? Uh, Daniel Shields Guitar Engineering or something like that. Yep. Um, all of my utility pedals, except for the this one's mine buffer, is from him. Um, I probably would have gotten a like switchable effects loop thing to you know have sitting somewhere on my board to where I can either bypass that without having to, you know, I think how I bypassed it was actually, I kept a, um, patch cable, um, maybe like a two inch patch cable to like stick in it when I wasn't using it. And that was like, definitely not the best way to do it. (laughs) That's where my board is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also, I'm, I'm running an actual effects loop right now. So it, it's running back to the Kemper and back. Um, yeah, I, surprisingly that's actually how i set up my um shoot the helix on my board was i have the drive section running into the helix and then the effects loop has all of my reverbs and delays so that way if i wanted to use just the helix like Mm -hmm. it's not having to get any more tone like pulled out or if i wanted to just have like a preset sound with my actual analog pedals i can just turn that off and on I mean, that's a trick. I mean, it's so often we, we build just a straight ahead board and we just go and, you know, sometimes <laughs> planning in some of those little, like, well, here's, here's an area I might tweak it later, or here's, here's an area I have some flexibility, especially with those little loops. Um, and if you wire the jacks the right way, you can just do that where it like, it interrupts the circuit only when there's a jack in it. There's, there's ways to do like breakout boxes and stuff like that. Um, huh so yeah that'd be interesting actually i might have i'm I'm like rethinking i might have had a like the trs jack uh concept like i think that's might have been what i did for the effects loop on uh my board but regardless like yeah i I feel like that could be something okay so you and me have both kind of done that have we seen anybody else ever do that like on a big scale because i feel like it's only like a few of us that typically swap out things a lot or Mm -hmm. test pedals well i mean i stole the idea i think I think Rhett Shaw is the guy I stole the idea from. Um, and so his is made, I think he works with Vertex for his board builds, which. Okay. I have opinions on the That's brand. That's how you really feel. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Next week on Scott Rants. Uh, no. I'm not looking to make enemies. I'm just. I, no. I, I'm just never buying anything from that brand. Um, yeah, just uh, yeah. So like that was a that was a concept from a video Rhett did like two years ago or three years ago, where he's like mistakes hmm. I made when building my board, and it got it, it got adjusted a few times too, because like I used to have that SKB board with like patch bays in it. Oh yeah, I remember those, which were terribly isolated and noisy, but whatever it did. It was, it was a first board. It had a power supply in it already. So it got me going. Um, yeah. But I was doing that then. 
where I would just, you huh. know, literally just pull out of that patch bay and be able to plug something in. So for a while there, I didn't have my volume pedal on my board. I'd carry it separately because it just took up so much real estate and didn't need power. And right. so I was just running it there. Um, I don't know. I've done, I've done things like that. Like I, you know, like I don't put, I don't use a wah on my board. I talk about this all the time that wahs require so little power that I just, when I want to use a wah and it's usually one of the first effects of my chain. So I just let it sit next to my board and I just plug it in when I want to use it. Yeah. Cause so, those, since it doesn't use a lot of power, I'm sure the battery lasts a while. Yeah. Well, last forever. Keep extra batteries, but, <laughs> and you don't leave your wah on all the time. No, not, not unless you're, uh, playing in a metallica cover band but. yeah and you, we're not slash none of us are slash. No. um no. so i mean there's things like that i did so like i can always plug in as extra fuzz or an extra drive or an extra delay or whatever i want to tool around with i've i've got the spots to do it yeah and uh, like i, I hop the... between mono and stereo with my board too and it's just in the presets i just use a different set of presets with all my uh midi pedals and it works great but yeah that's that's one of the things I've been enjoying about having the helix like and being able to set that up is I can keep the stereo plugged in mm -hmm. and just copy a patch and I've got the same thing. I can just make sure it all goes to the left without un having to worry about unplugging. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, I mean, like so. on, my, on my Kemper, it, it's literally like a patch change. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just have two different levels of performances set up in it that are almost identical. Uh, right. but one's mono one's stereo and so i can do wet dry or i can do that and so i have different presets for my delay and reverb for when i'm wet when I'm, where i'm just doing a mono signal or a wet dry it works nice. great cool. it only took like 20 minutes to set up and just my fingers get sore from programming on my morning star but once <laughs> once it's all running it's it's running so it's great so, oh you've actually got one of the morning star uh yeah he's an mc6 yeah yeah i was actually could have been I, I i was gonna i wanted to actually ask you guys because i can't remember if it was you or diaz or both of y'all that had one at one point of what brand it was because i'm sitting here looking at this as like i kind of want to get a midi controller and some kind of something that already has like uh mm -hmm. the looping function in it um uh, so yeah, i might be getting one of those and what do you mean looping or at least function? be able to because don't they also have like just a patch bay that you can run a MIDI cable to? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have one of yeah. those, which is it's just an on off. It doesn't do, you know, the full shebang thing. But yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I would need something that does the full shebang, too, because it was like, OK, I can like have this on off patching part like under the board and have because mm -hmm. don't they have like a little six button that has a little bit of a screen on there? Is it, I'm thinking of the right brand, correct? uh so there's morningstar and there's decibel 11 both have these kind of things uh i don't think decibel 11 is what i'm thinking of i think but... you're thinking of the morningstar one okay so yeah uh but the oh gosh diaz found this new one uh that's not morningstar but it's like the same form factor so it's like six buttons and you're done i mean because you also huh. have the morningstar dc8 now so they have an eight button one and i think they have a three button one so depending on how big of a setup oh, yeah you want uh, yeah i just pulled up their website yeah this is exactly what i'm thinking of so yeah they do have a three a six and a eight okay but the i think uh, it's the yeah, ml5 is the thing i'm thinking of right now that that's the loop yes 
that have, I'm guessing these are TRS outs. I'm no, they're assuming. stacked. Oh, they are stacked? Yeah, okay. Yeah, there's one on top of each other. Okay. So there's five channels? Yeah. And it, you've got MIDI right. looping through, so you can go on and on and on about it. It looks pretty easy to program. Um, yeah, I think that was what drew me to this is I think this is the company that they were really advertising that they made it like stupid simple for like even if you don't know commands for MIDI, you can still pick this up and be like, okay, I want my tube screamer and delay turned on at the same time. And then I want my next button to do fuzz and turn everything else off. I think they uh, made it that simple. You've got to do a little more work than that on this, but it, it's really easy to program. Like you have to know what a PC and a CC command are, um, which if you're going to be fooling around with MIDI, you, you need to learn what that does stuff does anyway. But right. um, the new one, Diaz found it. I want to say it's called like the Ninja or something like that. MIDI Ninja or MIDI Pirate, Pirate Audio. Uh, something in that line of naming where it actually has presets in it for like every pedal. Like it just has the, all right, you want to send this to a Helix? This is, this is the oh, command. Oh, yeah. And it's like I, the same price as the Morningstar. Um, I think Matt, Matthew's effects, uh, they're, what is this? The engineer. Yeah, I think he did a lot of the same concept of he um, figured out a lot of like what the programming was and just included that in the software for that. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of things in there. Um, Pirate MIDI is the thing I was thinking of um, called the Bridge Six. It's like the exact same size as an eight as the the Morning Star and uh they're cheaper okay that Sorry. might be what you're looking at is the pirate midi bridge six pirate midi they're doing a kickstarter currently. right now though okay oh ooh, this is this looks very nice actually oh that's not a bad price at all either okay i might have to jump on that i think that's what you want probably especially since it's showing a uh Toto africa <laughs> setting yeah <laughs> so yeah this could be fun yeah i might just do this so might yeah. have a new pedal day uh next year somewhere <laughs> <laughs> well i also want to say i want i think it can do quarter inch trs out for midi as uh, well so you might yeah, i also want need... something that can send um tap out because i still need to get my dig modded and mm. it would be nice if i can just run an out of that into my what did, what did daniel call it His good old... job harley that is my <laughs> kitten everybody <laughs> uh um where was i going with that he has a ah the dispatch no he had the oh the drill instructor yeah, drill instructor uh, that can his, send uh, tap tempo out. Yeah. I think it's like four, five, six uh, devices. Yep. Um, yeah, so I've got uh, one of those, and I'd like to be able to, you know, send a signal to that without having to go from a MIDI device to like a MIDI clock that then has mm -hmm. uh, quarter inches out. And... Well, what could be cool then is if you could dial it in as a set tap tempo, as in like you already know the BPM that's about to hit. 
Mm -hmm. and you can just pre-program your four or five bpms for whatever songs you're playing yeah i think i might do that too because i'm thinking of eventually upgrading to a helix rack and i've already got a um shoot what is that rack unit that jeff buckley used that's the taj mahal setting My mind is blanking but there's like a couple other rack effects that i'm wanting like um i want to get an original std 3000 and all that's like midi only for mm. setting tempos and stuff so i would definitely want some kind of midi controller that i can actually set those up if i actually wanted to use them <laughs> that'd be cool yeah that'd be cool yeah i'm, I'm looking I just, sorry i'm just lost in the pirate midi website um, <laughs> i kind of am too says the cat like and then there's like in the back of my head i'm like well should i just sell my morning star and buy one of these but i mean it looks like you can make a profit off of it uh break even ish but yeah ish ish the iridium has oh i get it yeah you can swap uh... settings on them i think you can do like favorites or something like that Okay. Oh, that's not okay. I get it. That's a good feature to have. Then. Yeah, I, I think I think we all want to get in on this. Actually, seriously, one hundred and sixty-five dollars. The only problem is it's like Kickstarter. Like, do you trust it's going to show up? Is it real? Well, you don't know? they? Uh, doesn't Kickstarter like kick the money back if it doesn't get fully funded? Yeah. So um oh, it's already passed its goal by double so that's fine but yeah so it's probably gonna get made okay so oh i read that wrong that's 230 australian oh that what AUD is? 215 australian that's the bridge four. Oh, they have no, a, that's the six they have a six the, too yeah it, it threw me off because i thought i was reading it's like oh did we miss out on the 165 but then i read it's like oh that's in some other dollar and it is 165 so, well yeah. i want to say the u.s dollar is stronger than the australian dollar right now uh, uh it's uh maybe if that's how if i'm reading this correctly yes but. so at 260 or more which is 197 dollars so it's about the same price yeah so yeah this is uh, pretty cool not a bad thing so i'm probably going to do this at some point <laughs> yeah this looks like a. this looks like the good one to get mm -hmm. right now I mean, morningstar is kind of an upstart company too so i mean there's there's tons of new yeah, players i thought they were because I think I almost got in on that Kickstarter too, because I think at the time I was running the uh, M13 or M5. It was one of those. I don't remember which I was at. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> if there's anywhere in the guitar pedal world where things show their age, it's in the MIDI controllers. Right. They just get worse and worse with time. Anyway that's our boards that's our updates yep <laughs> um yeah i got nothing do you want to wrap this up yeah yeah might as well i've got to make some call oh it's already that time okay yeah i yep. gotta make some calls before things start closing down so 
um where is our ending of the thing here you are so yeah thank you for joining us um i'm sure you guys noticed clifton had to drop so we want to say thank you to him one more time even though he's not here and my Mm -hmm. cat is about to kill the tv so yes we need to stop so i can take care of this child um so Make sure you follow us on uh, Facebook. We do have a Facebook page if you just want to throw in the effects loop. Um, but we also have a group that um, we interact with regularly. Um, that's at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the effects loop. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the effects loop. We also have a Ptran, as uh, our script says. Uh, so if you join our Patreon, uh, what's to get into the inner circle thing that we have? Uh, start at five or start I believe at $10? I believe it's $5 a month. You get to join into our little side chat, which we just had a new member join us. Tom Kelly just yeah. joined us. So thanks, Tom, for your support. Um, Thank you. I need to send him some stickers, I believe. And I also need to send uh, somebody else stickers. So... Yeah, I went looking for a few sp- stickers I because I just sent out a Secret Santa gift and I was going to throw one in there and I couldn't find any. I'll, I'll send you some too. We probably need to order more of those, but we can do those at some point. Yeah. So if we make a new order, uh, reach out to us. We'll figure out how much we want to sell them for if you're interested. Um, see, uh, we don't talk about merch that often, but if you're interested in merch, you know, hit, hit one of us up. We can get you the link. Um, it's it's kind of hard to it's find. It's in our episode notes every week. Oh, it is mm-hmm. perfect so yeah go get some merch like now's the bear bear agrees now's the per yeah bear agrees bear says go buy a mug go i think we even have a freaking shower curtain on there to be perfectly honest with you if you just love us that much that you want to <laughs> diaz isn't here so we'll throw him in here if you want to shower with diaz <laughs> buy a shower curtain oh. <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> Um, on that note, I'd like to rethink our sponsor, Westminster Effects. Name and claim your tone. You can check them out at westminstereffects.com. Um, I think that's it. So thank you again for joining us. I've been Chris. Oh, I, I think I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been Scott. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
Urban Dictionary Why is negativity always drawing out pics of every vision? I love Energized lives together, together We undefeated A plan to make weather's no gloves needed When we weed into the mindset of achieving And believing in a community that remains happy Never after The world should be one Hate annihilated Every heart is one Love again So Don't bother me